What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Baseball Connection. So I'm going to start with the big game. The big game, you know, that really got all the buzz last night. It was the Astros and the Dodgers. This was the biggest crowd we've seen at a major league game. This year, 52,692 made their way out to Chavez Ravine to watch their Dodgers host the Astros. Biggest crowd we've seen in the big leagues. And it was a good one all the way through. Astros won this one 3-0, stunning the Dodgers at home. But the crowd was into it all night long. They were giving Correa and Altuve just, you know, lots of boos. Very loud boos all night long. And, you know, it's, it's everything we expected. But the Astros were strong, and they continue to show us why they are they were a major threat this year. As they are every year, honestly. But uh, Altuve had a great game. Two for four there um, at the top of the lineup. Pitching-wise, McCullers Jr., six and two-thirds shutout innings, nine strikeouts, a very strong outing for him against the Dodgers. He went up against Walker Buehler, who was also good in his own right. Six innings with one earned run of five punch-outs, but it was, it was not enough. And the Dodgers, you know, they continue to get better. They have a lot of depth. You know, they didn't win yesterday, but I noticed that Mookie was playing second base. And I was wondering, like, wow, they, they really must, um, you know, first of all, the Dodgers have never been afraid to move guys around. But if they're playing Mookie Betts at second, they really must have faith that, one, number one, he can handle that position and have faith that Cody Bellinger is going to round back into form because he's the one in the outfield that, that's been scuffling. Pollock has been hitting really well. Taylor's been hitting really well. They're just waiting for Bellinger to to join the fun. And... You know, he's batting all the way down at seventh for, you know, for him. Usually he's at the very top of the lineup, but um, batting at seventh, 546 OPS. They just need him to start clicking. And once he does, it'll be, it'll be really, um, really good to see out there in LA because he's just the missing piece. So they're putting Mookie at second base. To me, it sounds like that's just the way to keep Bellinger's bat in the lineup. But once Trey Turner joins here very soon, once he comes off, you know, this COVID list or whatever then what are they going to do that is the question i don't know i i don't have the answer because trey turner is supposed to be their second baseman so i mean that's going to push the outfielders into into a mix you know mookie's going to play every day so pollock and like bellinger will have to go to the bench maybe you know muncie man i I don't even know i i really don't so we'll wait and see what happens once trey turner returns Heading to other locations. So if we go out to Miami, the Mets lost yet again. Have not been playing too too great. You know, haven't been playing very well the last few games, but they lost to the Marlins by a score of 5-4. You know, you never want to panic. Never want to panic. You know, they're still, like in, in the grand scheme of things, they're still fine. But it's just that we've gotten to a part of the season where it's the dog days of summer. That's where we're at. It's August. You know, you got to dig deep. You know, guys are tired. Guys are really tired. They're exhausted. And um, if you if you don't have 100% focus or if you're you know, letting that get to you, you could easily uh, run off a couple losses and find yourself in a losing streak. But the Marlins, newcomers were actually kind of carrying the team last night. Brian De La Cruz picked up his first career RBIs. Alex Jackson hit his first career home run. Isan Diaz went deep. Number nine prospect, Nick Niedert, was on the mound, and he looked really good out there. Five and two-thirds, three runs, five punch-outs. So, you know, Marlins, 
had some good things going. You know, they have a young team, a young team, but also a talented young squad. But with time, they'll get better and they'll continue to add to that. Speaking of young teams with a bright future, the Detroit Tigers continue to surprise a lot of people in the second half. They defeated the Red Sox yesterday 4-2. to two. Uh, A veteran, before we even get into the young guys, a veteran, Miguel Cabrera, hit his 598th career home run yesterday. He's closing in on 500 home runs. We'll see that here soon. And, you know, I, I've said this before. I've, I've been saying this for the past few weeks, but, you know, the, the Tigers are almost done with the rebuild. They've hit, you know, they've hit on a couple pieces that have really uh, panned out for them. Akil Badu, Casey Mize. You know, they have guys in that lineup that they've drafted and they've developed and, you know, other pitchers, you know, Tarek Schoolboy is in there and so on and so forth. They have more guys coming on the way too. You know, we haven't even talked about Riley Green. We haven't even talked about Spencer Torkelson. So their rebuild is almost, almost done. I see them kind of like where the White Sox were in like 2018 or something like that, just, you know, a couple years out. Honestly, it sounds crazy, but that's where the Tigers are because when you pick near the top of the draft for so long, you have opportunity to stockpile your farm with talent, and that's what they've done. Now they can go out there in the offseason, they can go out and sign a big a big name free agent. You know, they just have, if they offer them the right amount of money, I'm sure someone will go there if they see, you know, this is a team that's trending in the right direction. That's what the Tigers have been showing us this second half. They 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 feed the Red Sox yesterday, four two, and um, yeah, Boston lost their fifth straight. Not good, not good. Five straight losses for them. They'll have to right that ship sooner rather than later because that AL East is going to be going to be a bit of a dogfight if they don't if they don't step on the gas again. Heading out to the desert. So the Giants lost as well. They lost by a score of 3-1 to the D-backs. Best team in baseball, as I've said, but you know they can catch it any day. Mad Bum, a familiar face for the Giants, obviously. And you know he said it was weird. It was weird to to you know pitch against the Giants. It's still gonna be because this is the team that he grew up with. This is the team that he he became a big leader with and spent his entire career up until recently with. But yeah, he was really efficient yesterday. Workman like Mad Bum, seven innings with one earned run, four strikeouts, looked great. This was really more of a pitcher's, I want to say a pitcher's duel, but you know, pitchers were in control of this game, as you know, there were only two earned runs given up by Johnny Cueto on the other side, who's actually been pretty solid this year. I thought he he would have fallen off a cliff by now, uh, just because of his age and such, but he's been pretty solid this year. He's 35, but he carries a 3.83 ERA on the season and has been very effective for the Giants. Wasn't enough yesterday, though. Like I said, Mad Bum paced the D-backs, and they won by score of 3-1. Let's head out to Cincinnati. So the Twins beat the Reds 7-5. Jorge Polanco flexed his muscles, and he had a go-ahead home run in a win there yesterday. Um, a lot of home runs in this game. Mitch Garver also went deep. Eugenio Suarez for the Reds. Tucker Barnhart for the Reds. Um, you know, a, a lot went on. Kenta Maeda has not been the same Kenta Maeda that we saw last year. But he had a pretty, um, I mean, he had a lot of strikeouts. Nine punch outs. Um, he gave up five earned runs in five innings. Not great there. Pretty pedestrian start by his standards. But he got a lot of run support. He just hasn't been the same 
Cy Young-esque Maeda that we saw last year. Um, I guess he was never really that type of pitcher to begin with, so we shouldn't have expected him to maintain that kind of production. But thought I would point that out, that he has a 4.65 ERA on the year, so let's uh, pump the brakes on on the whole Kenta Maeda top, top uh, five pitcher in the AL. Because that's what he was last year, but he's, he's uh, showing his true color, so to speak. For the Reds, Jonathan India. So he's getting a lot of love for the Rookie of the Year. He's leading off for him. Yesterday, it was two for five, two ribbies. And he's got an 845 OPS on the year. And that is in large part due to his on-base skills. That's why he's leading off for the Reds. He's got a 403 OBP in his rookie year. Looking good. Looking good for the kid out of Florida, University of Florida grad. And uh, no, I don't know if he's a grad, but you know he went to UF, drafted after his junior year. Doing good stuff. Jesse Winker, two for three. They're hoping to get Castellanos back really soon. But, uh, you know, the Reds are 56 and 51. I did not expect them to have a have a record like this this late in the season. And, um, yeah, like, you know, the surprising the surprising developments like the Jonathan India situation, Jesse Winker becoming a superstar, those things kind of caught us off guard. But they're still four games back in the NL wildcard. They're winning a lot of games, but the National League wild card is, is going to be tough this year. And their division, Milwaukee has run away with the NL Central. So Cincinnati might, you know, might not really make the playoffs this year, but they are looking good. You know, it's possible to look good and miss the playoffs. It just, sometimes that's the hand you're dealt and it is what it is. So, but that's going to be it for today, folks. That'll do it. If you enjoyed this, please share it with someone who'd be interested and we'll see you next time on Baseball Connection.